Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rolling Sound Podcast. I'm joined here, as always, with my host, Phil. How you doing, Phil? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. And we've, we're joined by stand-up comedian and actor uh, Jonesy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Shane and Phil, thank you so much for having yeah. me. Um, I'm very excited to meet your audience as well. Uh, like you guys, I'm a big fan of uh, movies, making movies, television, making television, yeah. all of that. And so I'm excited to have a conversation with you guys about that today. Yeah. Um, so before we get started, um, you're kind of doing something similar to us um, with this whole pandemic thing. We're sort of none of us really can work. And so you're working on a podcast of your own to try and keep your comedian career going, correct? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, is uh, sort of accessible to us is, uh, you know, making stuff in the privacy of our homes uh, alone mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of the time, which is how I do my podcast. And I've kept that going throughout the pandemic. I don't have any auditions. I'm not shooting anything with friends these days. Um, there's no stand-up comedy going on for the most part, other than some Zoom shows that I do occasionally. Uh, so it's been the podcast five days a week, uh, weird AF news is what it's called. And so I'm doing, I do three weird news stories from around the world every day, uh, Monday through Friday. And on Friday, I do weird news only out of Florida. It's called Florida Fridays. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever Florida, man. Oh my goodness. I mean, if you haven't dipped into the 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 weird pool of florida yet then uh please listen to a friday episode that that i put out and you'll just like get a nice taste of of the degenerate state of florida right man (laughs) i love florida oh i love it too i absolutely love it and it's just such a crazy place and so there's i'm i'm never i never run out of weird news from florida i tell you right Sorry, I was just gonna say the craziest thing I've ever heard about Florida was that someone tried to rob a Wendy's with an al- with like an alligator, oh, like man. holding an alligator, at, at, like as a gun at gunpoint. There's, there's a I, I forget the comedian's name, but he does a bit on it, and it's just it's a true story, and it's just absolutely hilarious. I mean, there's so you know, and there's alligator stories um, all over the place coming out of Florida, which uh, I just covered one on Friday. I did it. One of the segments was uh, how it's mating. It's alligator mating season. And, you know, they court in the month of April, there's courting going on. And so that means they're just having sex everywhere on front lawns in the middle of the road and stuff. And I'm like, and then this goes on for three months. Uh, and I'm like alligator mating season is three months it's like if I left my home and saw alligators mating one day I would leave the area forever (laughs) I'm not going back there's an alligator screwing on my lawn I'm not staying here and yet these people in Florida live with this lifestyle it just blows me away absolutely that's that's a Tuesday for them yeah that's that's exactly that's why that's why that's why people in Florida are so crazy is because all the normal people are weeded out by the fucking alligators. I think you're right because I you know because I try I think about this often you know because I'm doing so much Florida news I mean every week and I'm like how do people still stay there I think you nailed it Shane I think yeah. you nailed it I think the normal people go well this isn't this is any ain't any kind of environment I can live in for more than a week I am out of here with my family and then other people go yeah you know what everybody's got a DUI. There's alligators screwing in my driveway. I think I can, I think I can live with this. <laughs> You're crazy. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I like to start off the podcast every week with a filmmaking related pun, um, but I have to apologize to the audience because I couldn't think of one. I'm just not crafty enough to come up oh. with one this week. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> um, so that yeah. one took me a while to come up with, actually. Um, but yeah. uh, I'm proud of I'll... it. You almost got me because I was like, wait, Shane, I thought you said you had one ready. <laughs> well, here's the thing is I had a different one ready, but then I was like, because um, I was asking what I wanted to hear from Jonesy about his experiences on television. And I wanted to know what the craft services was like. And I was like, I wonder if there's a pun that I could come up with to to then segue into that question. So that being said, Jonesy what is the food like on the set of, of a show like Gotham or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Uh, well, you know, if you're working network TV, uh-huh. you're going to get the best of the best, the yeah, cream of the, the crop. Oh, yeah. Network TV is just great because they have, they're just, they have the biggest budgets. So mm-hmm. uh, craft services, for, for your listeners who don't know what that is, um, in addition to being, so uh, like, let's talk about the crafty, right? So there's just mm-hmm. crafty, right? So in addition to being fed like a king uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times on the set, and by the way, they have these very strict uh, rules on if it's a union gig where they, they, they force you to eat at a certain time. They won't let you go uh, a few hours without this meal. This is a scheduled mm-hmm. meal. And, mm-hmm. and because if they don't feed you at this time, they can be fined. So you might not even be hungry and they'll be like, you get over there and eat asshole because we don't we're not we're not paying a thousand dollar fine because you didn't sit down at that table you get over there i'm I'm exaggerating but it's kind of like that yeah yeah. but in addition to the the food the actual regular meals that they feed you quite frequently uh they will they will carry around snacks just trays of snacks just throughout the day and just i mean i was on the set of nurse jackie i remember we shot it at a uh it was a a carnival area like an amusement park and you know, people just employees just walking around with trays of like Shake Shack burgers and just like, hey, would you mm. like a Shake Shack? Really? Oh. Just hand him. I mean, I'm standing on set. I mean, this isn't even off the set. This is on set walking around and with the trays of Shake Shack burgers. Just have one, man. Just like it. And then coming around later with Sundays, Sundays on a tray. <laughs> so in, in addition to that, there's a there's a constant. Uh, availability of a, of a, what's called crafty and it, so it'll be like a, a large table sometimes a couple tables connected uh and there's just snacks there okay it's just all this all the snacks that you can imagine that you can walk over there and get anything you want at any time of the day and i mean they got uh you know they got you know nature bars all kinds of fresh fruit any kind of coffee or beverage you can imagine. There'll be like pastries, small sandwiches, soups. Uh, you might, you, you, there could be like little tacos or enchiladas. You don't know what's going to be available at the snack thing. And you can go over there at any time and just grab anything. Um, I was on the set of Drunk History and they brought over a, <laughs> they, they brought over a, uh, a food truck that, that served like this really, really just very specific, weird ice cream. They just brought over this food truck making this. I mean, they had, you can't imagine what, what they're making available on these sets. Um, and the bigger the budget, the, mm. 
the better options you get, the uh, the weirder you can even get. I mean, it'll be like a cotton candy machine. You're like a cotton candy machine. How? Uh, it's like, no, no, we're doing it, man. They yeah. take that stuff very seriously. So yeah, I, it's, you know, one of the things I think about when I'm on a set like that um, is like, because you look around at some of the crew and you're like, wow, like a lot of overweight people work in these, work in these, on these sets. And you're like, I understand why you're sitting around <laughs> for many hours and you've got unlimited amounts of food being yeah. offered and it's delicious. Uh, it can be a problem. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to join a union. Oh um, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm listening to this milkshakes all around and I'm like, man, the best I've gotten is Domino's. Yeah. on a set and just order some yeah. Domino's pizza and be like there you go yeah yeah uh, hey, a couple a couple too. times some food trucks on some indie films but that's about it I I was I was on an indie film in Livingston um uh last year and uh the the crafty was like we didn't have like a lot but we had a person who was like a personal like our personal chef and she made us like the best like for the the last day of the shoot we had like mashed potatoes and roast beef and like i downed like five ro- uh, slices of roast beef within like five minutes oh <laughs> man like, and you know you can always go back for more on these i know stuff. it's like oh man it's unbelievable how do you resist this rich food all day oh boy <laughs> a lot of people getting gout on sets i'd, I'd imagine <laughs> but yeah uh, how did you uh, get gout? Well, they've served me delicious roast beef five times a day for a I was, year. <laughs> I was on a shoot. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty tough. They had a, they had donuts and cinnamon rolls. Oh God, that's the, the, the flash that sounds horrible. Um, okay, so crafty side because obviously I asked the hard hitting questions, and that was one of the most important things you need to know about a film set is what, what crafty they have. Um, but, um, I kind of wanted to hear, um, about your creative influence on television, sh- television shows like that. Cause you're a comedian and obviously yeah. that's part of why they hire you. So, um, sure. I'm sure drunk history, you have maybe a little more leeway in what you say versus something like, um, Gotham. So what sort sort of how, how much leeway do you have and how much, uh, of the creative force are you on set versus the, the big head honchos? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so on drunk history, you actually don't have any creative input at all because okay. the script is pre-recorded. So the drunk narrator has already recorded what they're saying. And then mm-hmm. you have to, so you have to lip sync over those words and you have to nail it. So you don't have any, you can't go off script at all, at all. And uh, as a comedian, writer, creator myself, I, you know, one of one of the things I enjoy most is going off script. Uh, I think it's um, it's where I get into my most creative zones. And I always, I don't know, maybe this is egotistical, but I always feel like I can uh, contribute a better joke or a, a bring a better idea to the things that I usually work on. Um, not to say that I, you know, the writers don't blow me away, but you know. Uh, more often than not, when I'm working on something, like I just always feel like, oh, I can, and I don't know, I'm, it's a challenge for me too. Like, how can I make this funnier? How can I bring something else to it? Uh, I'm always thinking that. Uh, it, that's what's really fun for me as a, I just don't want to spit out somebody's lines, you know what I mean? You can yeah. get anybody to do that. You know, I feel like I bring something else, some other skills to, um, to, 
a performance or a creation, a script, et cetera, because of my own background in writing and creating comedy as a stand-up comic for 14 years, you know, I know how to write jokes. I know how to, uh, you know, pull something more out of a scene. I just, I can do that. I always want to contribute more. And uh, I guess it, it always depends on your director uh, where, where this goes. You know, some directors want to keep it uh, close to script and they don't, they don't invite any sort of improvisation whatsoever. Uh, and, and you have to do that. Some, sometimes there's not enough time to do that uh, because you will find yourself sometimes in a, in a situation where like, hey, let's do it. Let's do it as written and then have a little fun. Do it, do it how you want to do it. And if there's time for that, yeah. But if you're behind schedule, there's really no time to get cute and, and creative uh, outside of just keeping to the script. That happens. And it, it, so it, it depends on who you're working with as a director, um, nine times out of 10, where that goes. Um, I had an, a great experience working with uh, Tina Fey on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Now, now she's, she's someone who comes from, you know, she's one of these Chicago people. She grew, mm -hmm. she, you know, she cut her teeth doing improv and, and writing over there. And so she knows the value of allowing a, a comedian to sort of bring their own thing to a scene. So working with her, it's, it's one of those situations, hey, do it as written a couple times and then uh, let's, uh, let's have some fun with it. Try something else, do something, whatever you want, which so some people would be a lot of pressure. You know, uh, the scene that I was in, I was in a big theater and, um, there was a lot of crew and cast in there. And so you're kind of on the spot and you get someone like Tina Fey going, okay, do it as written. Okay. Now do your own thing. Try something else. Try, uh, do whatever you like to do, what you think is funny. And so because she's like that, uh, you know, you'll get, these other performances, I think you get more out of actors uh, this way. And I certainly uh, came through um, the best moment I had on that whole project, I think, other than being alone with her for a couple hours in a sound booth after we shot, um, was in that scene. She says, do it as written. So then I do it. And then she goes, okay, now, now try something else. And then, and she hadn't laughed at anything I had did previously when I did it as written, but then I improv something and she, you all you you heard tina just burst out just herself like ah like really laughed at something that i did and then everybody else laughed as well because they were mm -hmm. kind of you know relying on her <laughs> input she's kind of like she was kind of like the the queen of that set as the executive producer um and so that that was great that and that moment came out of her just letting me have some fun you know uh yeah mm -hmm. and yeah. that I love that, and 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 everybody wins. I think when you when you do that, um, so that that was great. I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I, I did. I yeah yeah yeah. Um, anything that was, else about it? Well, a uh, follow up question is: You say you've you you're you're a writer of some sort. Have you ever written any films or short films or anything? Oh or yeah. Produced anything? Yes, absolutely. In fact, if you go to my website jonesy.com, mm -hmm. there's a there's a page called videos. And there's probably a, about, I don't know, 12 to 15 uh, pieces there that I wrote and directed and edited myself uh, with some comedian friends of mine uh, there. So you can see some of my work um, behind the camera and in front of the camera. All, uh, all of them were written by me. Mm -hmm. And I love, love, love doing that. Um, I have a background in, in sketch writing, I, I took some courses in New York City at uh, places like UCB and the People's Improv Theater, and um, I've, I've 
grabbed hold of the camera myself and made some things. Uh, yeah, so the, if you guys want to check out some of that, it's most of it's all comedy. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that part of it. Right. I, I would love to. I, I always like I look at the career of Louis C.K. You know, who started as a stand-up and then wrote for TV and then eventually was writing and shooting his own TV show. I I, I look to his career as sort of like uh, something. I've always looked at that as something to aspire to. I would I would love to uh, shoot, write, shoot, and a direct star in my own uh, series. Um, yeah. You know, I, I say I'd like to have the career of Louis if Louis didn't have any hands, because <laughs> it was his hands that got him in trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I do have aspirations to do that, and I, I've written some scripts uh, that I have that I would love to get produced. But it's, you know, it's a challenge for me as it is for you guys. Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, where do you get the money to make something on a bigger level? Um, so yep. meanwhile, I just shoot these little videos that anybody can shoot on their phone and, and whatever. And I, I, I do what I can meanwhile. Right on, right on. Um, so uh, on these on these bigger sets, um, you know, I know a lot of my questions are sort of um, directed towards those. Um, but um, uh, hair and makeup, how much time do you spend getting, you know, hair and makeup and your costume design whatever costume design and then how how much do these people follow up while you're shooting to make sure you're all clean and not you know getting crafty all over yourself right right well um of course it depends on the project and what mm -hmm. the character is uh if you're working on a period piece which which i did on drunk history you know ours my episode takes place in 1919 and i was playing a, a baseball player Everybody on the set's got to look like they're living in 1919. So that that took a lot of work. There was a lot of uh, you know costume pre-costumization going on, and then throughout the day, we were wearing some weird, uncomfortable things. You know, like the the baseball outfit in 1919 was featured some strange uh, aspects to it. The socks were very weird, and um, they were oversized, and mm -hmm. so it was a constant. Uh, adjustment from the from wardrobe on set for all the ball players all day long, um, and and that's just because I mean that's just the nature of of uh, having working with a, a period piece. I think um, you know back then too. There's a lot of it was a lot of even your suits. Everybody wore hats and ties. It was a lot. It's a lot more clothing, you know, going on back then. So that that was a day filled filled with people just kind of adjusting you. They would just run up to you and and grab you by the crotch and adjust you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the other thing that so, but in general, I would say when it comes to that stuff, there still is a lot of attention being paid to it. And I have a my opinion on this is that uh, there's a lot of people on set, uh, and when you're working on a big set, you'll uh, you, you find this, and you may agree. There's a lot of people trying to justify their positions. You know, it's very specialized. So you have a script, mm -hmm. per, a scripty person. You have someone who handles a uh, hair wardrobe. I mean, it all it, it it down the line. There's you know there's people that who their only job is to make sure that this plug is in the plug all day long. They watch that plug and make sure it doesn't come out of the plug. <laughs> like it's very specialized. The more yeah. the the bigger the the budget and, and the bigger the set. And these people really are getting paid quite a bit, and they feel as though they have to justify their job by doing it as often as possible. So in my opinion. There's a lot of uh, too, there's too much helicopter 
uh, work going on there where like, you know, my hair is fine. Okay. I don't need, I mean, I have a very simple haircut. You don't need to come and adjust and like do, touch my hair a hundred times on, on set. Um, but I've had experiences like that and it just, I get the impression sometimes that they, they just want to, they're just very, let me justify my, my job by doing it too much. And it kind of, mm. I mean, I don't know, you're not going to hear this from somebody else. It's just my thing. It's, it's an observation I had, but I just think it's too much. I don't think it's necessary to have, have to spend that much time on my hair and makeup uh, and make sure my outfit is like, blah, blah, blah. But I, I get it. I get it. People are, you know, people want to make sure everything on the screen is perfect, you know, and, and you know, you, they don't want to have an incidence like on Game of Thrones when there's a little, there's a water bottle in the yeah. shot. You, you, you know, I get it. I get it. But I like, still think that was done on purpose, by the way. It could have been. The water bottle been. or Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, if, probably. You're, if you're playing, a, a, you know, a burlesque dancer and you have to have an outfit and your hair is like big and it's complicated, then yeah, yeah. Be with that person on set and making mm. sure that's perfect. But someone like me, I mean, I've had instances where I'm like, you don't need to keep touching me and they you know what i mean like i have a very yeah. i'm just a boy man i'm just a guy i got a simple guy haircut all right i don't need to be micromanaged um that's always something i thought was overdone on, on set. I'm, I'm sure part of it is like uh just that mindset of like oh a lot of people are working and i'm just sitting down waiting for my next actor to come in for makeup or whatever so yeah, they're just, try, they're just sure. trying to stay busy. Like They're trying to stay busy. They're trying they don't to want to get busy. yelled at. But like, meanwhile, I mean, how many times can you get your hair brushed before it starts falling out? I'm like, easy, all right? I got, you know, I'm trying to keep yeah. this hair. Stop pulling on it. <laughs> like, yeah. It yeah. looks great, man. Like, I want to look good. I'm constantly checking myself out. I'm on top of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's just my bag. That's just my little my my little paranoia, insecure, whatever you want to call it. Something that I noticed yeah. that I thought was like overdone. Right. Um. So out of all of the uh projects that you've worked on, um, whether it be stand up comedians or your stand up a stand up show or a uh, uh just a little short sketch that you've done or a short film or a TV show, what was your favorite thing overall that you've you've done? Jeez, what was the what was the favorite thing that I did? Yeah, tough question, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, super tough question. Told you, hard hitting journalist here. I mean, other than the podcast, which um, that seems to be the thing that I enjoy most these days. I, I tell you, it's the thing that's got the most response. I, I right. never thought in a million years I would have people emailing me from all over the world, telling me that this thing that I've that I've done has has got them through uh, a death of a loved one, a drug rehab, or, you know, like I'm getting, right. I'm getting messages from people saying that this podcast has touched their lives and got them through something like I, no one's ever wrote me and like, Hey, you know what, Jonesy, I just want to say uh, the joke you did about your nut allergy, you know, helped me get through my grandfather's passing. And like, like no one's ever done that. Yeah. Right. You know, no one's ever like your performance on Gotham something i watch over and over again and it helped me get through my divorce yeah um, you if i feel like i know you <laughs> and uh you gotta watch out for the people i think it's because seeing... i do i think it's because i do the podcast five days a week that i become some like your friend kind of i'm in your yeah. home five days a week or right. i'm on your i'm, I'm yeah. with you while you commute to work five days a week or whatever it is that you're doing and also on the podcast unlike on a role that i play on a show where i'm not even myself I'm not speaking my own words on the podcast. I say 
what I feel and what I think and my point of view of the world. I share my opinions. I share personal stories uh, about my life on there if it relates to a story that I'm doing on the show. And people get to really know me as a person on there. So I think they, it touches them more that way. Um, outside of the podcast, I did another thing that I really loved and I'm going to do it again sometime as soon as live performances come back. It's probably something you guys don't know that I've, I've done because it, it really wasn't, um, I didn't do it too many times. I've had, I've done this performance about six times. I did a one man show, it began in New York City and it's, a, it's about my time when I, went to, uh, when I went to Peru and I took ayahuasca for 10 days mm-hmm. on a, at an ayahuasca retreat. And then I wrote and performed this one man show about it called uh, Puke Bucket, a comedian's ayahuasca journey. Um, and it's called puke bucket because I don't know if your listeners know this, but when you take ayahuasca, you throw up for hours and hours and they give you your own personal puke bucket, uh, to do that in. Uh, so I did this one hour, one man show about it and it, it's hilarious. It's just a, a, a funny, I take you through the whole 10 days of me going down to Peru and taking this powerful psychedelic beverage with, a sh- with shamans and, um, and, and other people from around the world. And it's just, it's something that I'm very, I'm very proud of. It's very unique. And it's something that I'd like to get back and do again someday, revitalize it because it's been, yeah. it's been a couple of years since I've done that performance. It's even something I'd consider doing it like a, um, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival or something, you know, it, it's, right. it's that kind of thing. It, it, it has legs too. I think I can take it somewhere. And people are very curious about this ayahuasca. So. When I do it, people are very into it and they ask me a lot of questions after it. And that's when I knew, knew I was onto something because I get so many questions after it. They wanted to know, was it really true? And, and, and people are kind of fascinated by this, by this thing. So yeah, that's something yeah. I would love to do again. Interesting. Um, wh- uh, what about making it into a, a film? You know, would that be something you'd be interested in, in doing or is it definitely oh, like a I mean, it man? totally, it totally has... Uh, the structure, you would just have to tweak it a little bit. It mm-hmm. totally could be a film. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've thought about that as well. I'm like, well, this is something. I think I'm on to something. I'm acting out all the characters that were in the ayahuasca retreat with me. And um, I'm, I'm going through the motions. It, it's very, I'm telling a story that would totally translate, I think, to a, a film, uh, an, an indie film. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, I just, I was listening to that, and I was like, um, you know, telling stories is kind of what we do, and that sounded like an interesting story. So I just thought, you know, um, uh, if at some point um, this corona dies down, that's definitely something. Uh, if you do proceed to make it, um, uh, I would love to uh, to hear or see whatever film or uh, one man show that you've got going on. Oh yeah, so. surely, surely. Um, yeah, when this thing opens up, I mean, uh, I got a bunch of projects that I'd like to get back to. You know, I yeah. miss I miss shooting things with my friends. Uh, you'll see on right. my on my website those videos I shot. Uh, I used a lot of the same funny actor comedian friends of mine in L.A. I mean, and I haven't mm-hmm. seen these people in, in in months, and I just miss that. I miss I miss that collaboration with my funny friends. Actually, uh, I have a question for you, Jonesy. Um, sure. One of my biggest fears, because um, uh, I'm almost couple days away fingers crossed from graduating college in film and one of the biggest fears i've uh had on a film set is uh uh say on a union set uh 
speaking outside of your department saying like the sound guy saying something to the uh the the camera guy that yeah, he's trying like to be suggesting saying. a shot to yeah. the dp when you're like a exactly. uh, pa Ooh. or like or like the uh the the universal story that like uh an intern or like a like a pa came up to steven spielberg and said hey i just want to let you know you're doing a great job and I, I respect you so much and then steven spielberg fired that guy because he was on his lunch break um yeah um, so, uh, how how often does that happen on set that's just yeah i mean i can't i've never i've never witnessed anything like that i can't say um my my opinion on all of that is that it varies from set to set and you know the these sets typically will reflect the personality of the director who's really the the captain of the ship mm -hmm. so if you have a director that's an all-inclusive cool person who enjoys yeah. collaboration from all all angles all departments all personalities then that person will be open to hearing from anybody from any department whether it's the special effects department the sound people i mean all the way down to perhaps even the pa uh you know you it takes a it takes somebody without an ego to do right. such things uh in my opinion it's a it's a better way to uh to create is to listen to the opinions of, of others and not, not not to say that you have to go by anybody but if you have yeah. a set where people are comfortable making suggestions, I I think that it's uh, you can only win from that. Um, I mean, aren't we at the end of the day trying to make the best thing possible as a team? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. sure, sure. In my opinion, it's a better way to do it. But you know, you you do hear these stories. Uh, the Spielberg one that you mentioned, I had never heard that. But um, you know, I don't know if that's a real story though. It, it, yeah, I, I, can't I think confirm it's it, but more it, it's, of a folktale kind of thing. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I 100% agree, but it's like like everybody in my school has heard it, but that story, right. and uh, and it's just uh oh yeah every every yeah. every young film filmmaker has heard that story. That reminds me of another question I wanted to ask you, Jonesy, is um have you ever considered um being in uh more dramatic roles or more serious roles um on television or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very into it, and uh, I've done some very serious stuff. I was uh, I was in a movie that we shot in Palm Springs two summers ago. Uh, that I, you know, it was a very serious movie where I played someone who was, you know, I was I was taken hostage and I was beat up and I had to break out of the back of a truck or a trunk of a car rather, and I had to hold a gun and shoot somebody and I had to fight and take a mm -hmm. punch or two and like it was very very serious stuff um and i thoroughly enjoyed that i really action for me that was that was amazing i loved it i did a short film at around the same time where i played somebody who um was a killer i uh, my girlfriend and i we we killed a young boy and ate him and fed him to a friend of mine <laughs> oh fun Okay, uh, sounds sure. like a classic rom-com yeah 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 classic rom-com you oh, know yeah, how that goes your, your uh, classic feel-good movie yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so I oh man, I love that stuff as well, and I I have a gift for that. I can act, man, and it, it doesn't have to be comedy. I can do very serious stuff, and I enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. And and you know, there's not a lot of comedy being made as you would think, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I learned right away as an actor when I moved to New York City and I began auditioning that. Um, you know, I thought, hey, I'm a comedian and I got an agent and I'm going to be auditioning for roles on film and TV and commercials, etc. 
And I thought, well, they know I'm a comedian. It'll be all comedy. And I quickly realized that, no, no, a comedy was, you know, maybe one sixth of my auditions would be comedy. The rest of it was, you know, how many crime shows are being shot these days? You know, it's I I was always going on auditions for crime shows. You know, I thought I wanted I wanted to say funny things. And instead, my line would be something like, you know, I don't know nothing about no missing dolphin. You know, and it was always stuff like that. <laughs> I'm always being questioned by the police. I realized right away there was yeah. a lot of those sorts of roles because apparently, I mean, I look like I know something about local crime, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. that's my, you know, and at the same time, I must look like I don't want to tell the police about it, you know, so that's why I'm being questioned. So there was a lot of that going down. So if you want to be an actor and you say to yourself, no, I'm only doing comedy, I think you're very, you're limiting yourself yeah. uh, mm-hmm. because there's just not a lot of it being made, um, which is understandable because comedy is very specific. You have to have a shared dictionary to be able to take in comedy. And if we don't have a shared dictionary, then you're not going to understand the jokes. And when I mean dictionary, I just don't mean the words that I'm saying, the language that I'm speaking. I mean cultural references as well. It's sure, very yeah. Comedy is very culture specific. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who's done stand-up comedy uh, in Asia, I can tell you, like, there you know, there is not a lot of crossover between the, the stand-up I do in the U.S. and when I leave the U.S. So I have yeah. to write all new material, you know, and, and as you know, when it comes to making films, uh, you know, like wanting to sell your film internationally, I mean, that's a huge revenue stream for these films, you know, and, and the films cost, they're costing upwards of 100 to, two, uh, to 300 million to make. You have to recoup that money. A lot of it is recouped overseas. And so yeah. if you're making a comedy that can't be appreciated in Japan or China or even France, you know, uh, what are you doing? You know, how are you going to get your project funded when you can't show them that you have other ways of bringing in money? This is why comedy films aren't made as much as, much as they used to be because they really only can be seen in the U.S., that's where we're going to get the jokes. That's where we get the cultural yeah. references. And outside of that, it's really hard to sell unless you're doing slapstick comedy. That's why anyone can watch the Three Stooges or a Charlie Chaplin film anywhere and get it and laugh about it. Yeah. And I just recently watched The Great Dictator again. It's still hilarious. It's so still yeah, and, and like, can't you enjoy that if you're, you know, if you're a European person? Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. Even if you're Asian, I think. And, you know, you don't really get that with these. So if you want to be an actor and you say to yourself, oh, I just want to do comedy movies and comedy TV. Well, you know, you'll work, but you won't. I don't know. Can you make a living? You know, yeah. I think you're really limiting yourself. And so and by the way, for those of you who are listening, who are actors that just do comedy, like do drama, man, do action. Like you have no idea how much fun that is. Man. Comedy, the sitting around and talking really gets dull break out of a trunk and punch somebody in the face, man. Like get blood all yeah. over you, get dirty. Can that we, shit is so fun, man. Can we just clip that part right there? Jonesy's advice to actors is break out of a trunk and uh, punch people in the face. <laughs> yeah. first, first job, get inside of a trunk. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, you know, you, and if you go to, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is uh funny Jones, you'll, you'll, uh, or even my Instagram funny Jones. I have a lot of clips of me, acting in some of these serious projects uh, you can you can watch these clips i'm having a ball man i'm having so much fun really running around and shooting a gun and being handcuffed uh like what a good time that is you know at the end of the day i i really love like 
playing make believe and being other people. That's what mm-hmm. that's what acting acting is is. That's one of the thrills of acting is being other people. And yeah. uh, so why not be as many different people as you can, and uh, you know have a good time with it. Yeah. Right on. Um, so I think I think uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, but before we go, Jonesy, um, where can we find your podcast specifically? Um, what oh. are what are all the platforms it's on? It's on every platform. If you just search mm-hmm. for Weird AF, A is an Apple, F is in Frank, News, Weird AF News, you'll can, you can find it on every platform. It's out there, and I even have a YouTube channel for it, Weird AF News. It's on all the social medias too, Weird AF News. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Funny Jones. I'm more active on there than any other platform, and mm-hmm. I do do updates about uh, shows that I that I do. Um, I put clips of my uh, from my acting career on there, clips of my stand-up, uh, information about the podcast on there. Basically, everything that I'm I'm up to is on the Instagram. Right now, unfortunately, no live shows, so I won't be coming to an area near you. Um, but I mm-hmm. did, uh, you know, I did a live stream show for the Laugh Factory last week in Hollywood, so that was streamed out um, to their Instagram channel and their YouTube as well. I'll be doing that again, and I'll post that on Instagram. I did a Zoom show, a comedy show last night, and I did one on Saturday night as well, and I always will put a link to that. It's a different kind of comedy experience to watch comedians do it, uh, do jokes to their camera in their living room. But right. it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's somewhat enjoyable on some level, I guess, and they're usually free. So um, yeah, if you're, when you're stuck at home. When you're stuck at home, I mean, a lot of us are looking for new content. And so, you know, give it, yeah. give one of these live stream comedy shows a shot um, and, you know, see if it, if you might find it, you might get something out of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, right on. Um, all right. So I think that's, uh, that's all for today. Uh, thank you for coming on, Jonesy. Oh, thank you for having me, Shane and yeah. Phil. I'm, I'm very flattered that you uh, want to be on your show. Uh, I, I hope your audience uh, was entertained and learned something and uh, got something out of this episode. Um, and yeah, if, if any questions, any questions at all, they can email me funnyjones at gmail.com or reach out to me on social media as well. I'll, I'll answer whatever questions people have about, about podcasting, about acting, about Los Angeles and Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, whatever information I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to share um, to people who are curious. No problem at all. Hey guys, I'm going to interrupt the podcast now to remind you guys to like and share the podcast and follow it wherever you're listening. Um, The more followers and the more listeners we have, the easier it's going to be to find people to talk to. Um, So far we've found some pretty awesome people to talk to, uh, and I think we're going to be able to keep doing that, but um, uh, it definitely doesn't hurt, especially if you are somebody who wants to hop on the podcast and talk to us for a little bit. We'd super duper appreciate that. If you've got any story to tell about your um, your filmmaking experiences, um, we'd love to hear it. Um, so also make sure to follow Jonesy's podcast. Um, it is actually super entertaining. I gave it a little bit of a listen, um, and I do actually quite enjoy it. We'll make sure there's a link for his podcast in the description as well. Um, and yeah, so now we're going to move on to the short film section. Unfortunately, Jonesy wasn't able to, um, stick around for that part. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So I hope you guys, uh, enjoy. Uh, the, the gunman, right? That's what it's called. Gunfighter. The gunfighter. 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 Um, twas funny as hell. Um, yeah, some good shit right there. Yeah. (laughs) I like how the YouTube video is titled funniest um short film or whatever uh what is it 
Hang on. I I need to go pull it up real quick. The gunfighter. Uh, what is it? Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe I lied. Mm. Where did I see that? Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. so the gunfighter. <laughs> it's a short film um, that yeah. definitely had a bigger budget. Um, Ooh, normally, yeah. I like to go for those little budgets, but um, it was just really funny, and especially kind of fits because we didn't know I uh, we didn't know that Jonesy was going to be on as our guest um, mm-hmm. when I picked this, but uh, then he emailed me and and uh, I just it's it's really fitting um, yep. for for it. By the way, I just noticed that it's got an opening shot that's like a full on town. I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I'm fairly certain this was shot somewhere like. I I'm guessing the same the same western lot that uh um uh, Westworld is shot in because the the bar is almost identical mm-hmm. to the Westworld um probably location honestly in the in the whorehouse um because like just imagine there's an organ playing or whatever uh but yeah it's right there's like a universal lot and then there's like a couple other western lots around that could easily be what this place is right um, so it's definitely filmed on a lot rather than a sound stage probably for sure I mean, yeah. um because see i, I mean, would have assumed that it was shot on a sound stage honestly but i mean i didn't might, notice well, that yeah. first first shot so i don't know i i also i mean like yeah it's I, i'd say it's not that much different from a sound stage when you have like a whole like four or five blocks with no uh, nobody talking yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Um, um, so, what do you think about the short film? I really like the lighting, because um, yeah. uh, the gunfighter air quotes the gunfighter. Um, he's I don't know if you noticed, but he's just got like a spotlight of golden yep. light coming down, which I really appreciate. Um, and then everything's really smooth. There's no super harsh shadows. They clearly knew what they were doing, but they didn't like flatten out the face too much either. Um, yeah. The the light coming through the windows. Um, Reminds you know, me I, of uh, reminds me of the Hateful Eight, even though this um, movie was probably before the Hateful Eight. Um, uh, I don't know, man. The hate. Okay, well, the Hateful the, the Eight. The lighting. The lighting reminds me of the this. The lighting of this short film reminds me of the Hateful Eight. In I'm that, trying to remember just, the Hateful Eight lighting. I want to say um, the Hateful Eight had a bit more harsh shadows. In the Hateful Eight had uh, on every single table inside that uh, little hotel that they had. There was a spotlight beaming down directly on every single table. Right, so, right. Had a harsh lighting. Yeah, but that's probably um, an allusion to some other Western short film that I, or Western movie that I've never seen. I've yeah, I'm seen sure like it's three westerns. I'm sure it's a reference for something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the acting. I think the acting. Yep. Um, all of a sudden, <laughs> I can't talk. Uh, the acting. All of a um, sudden, was was super super duper spot on. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Everyone was, well, was super well casted. Um, yeah, it it kind of feels like this 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 was like a uh, like like a mid tier uh, high production. Like not all of these guys are like well known, but like like see the bartender. He's from a bunch of stuff. He's the bad guy in Community. He's the he's uh dean uh like whatever dean college or whatever. I have not seen uh, Community. Oh, you should. Um, 
Nick Offerman's in it. So it's like yeah, Nick Offerman. It, 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 it's no small independent production, but it's it, but it's also like right, not bad. Yeah, I mean, like you could probably shoot without obviously the celebrities. Um, yeah. Uh, and depending on how much it would cost to shoot on a soundstage, you know. Oh, this is definitely like this is like if we're talking about things like if I wanted to, if we wanted to re- recreate this, this is definitely doable. Yeah, really, absolutely. Like go go to Bannock Ghost Town and Dylan get some and get a get one of those places to shoot in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and um, I think what they probably spent the most money on was um, lighting equipment. Like yeah. you can absolutely tell, you know, um, I would be surprised if they didn't have just like an eight by eight diffuser off the shot on every single one of these shots. You know, it probably yeah. took a couple of days to three days to shoot just because every shot is so well lit and they took, yeah. you can tell they took so much time lighting it up like that. Well, um, you, you think three days, but I imagine... I mean, this is shot pretty nicely. I imagine that they had some pretty, like, pretty good professionals on set. So, it, it's hard to say. Yeah. It'd take three days. I'm just, I'm just thinking. You know, obviously they had some good professionals who knew what they're doing. But depending on, I guess, what the budget was, um, yeah. they might not have had a lot of yeah. extra hands. So the professionals might have had to move everything and set everything up themselves. Yeah. Um, like they put do it, on put... every set, but they didn't have the help to do everything. Um, you know Putting what I mean. Per- Putting production aside, this kind of like short film story is like something I've always really wanted to see. Is like someone, uh, like the whole, the whole, all characters, uh, acknowledging the narrating, uh, ominous voice in the background, mm-hmm. and like reacting to it. So I, I think that's pretty, it's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, like a story idea. Um, it's definitely a good story. All in one room, you know. Yeah, it's not super complex it's just funny it's like a nice look into like what people are thinking you know because the voice knows all nick offerman is god in this um no he's god this uh have you ever played the video game uh stanley parable no oh my god so the stanley parable is a lot like this and that's um one of these had to have been inspired by the other but i don't know which Mm -hmm. one came out first but the stanley parable is this video game where you are just a person and you start out in an office and there's a narrator talking about what you're doing to go throughout your day. And you, and the narrator's like, and then yeah. the Stanley gets up and he goes out to go get a drink of water. And you go out and the narrator's like, but isn't this weird? Nobody's here. The whole building is empty. He walks down the hallway and into the bathroom. Um, but then you walk down the hallway and you just walk right by the bathroom and the narrator's like, you know, gets obviously frustrated and then eventually just breaks character altogether and is like, look, I'm telling you exactly where to go. You need to do exactly what I need you to do. Um, and you know, and you just, and there's like 13 different endings where you can just fuck with this guy and just do different things and he gets really pissed and like you can break your way out and into like the behind the scenes of the building you're in with the narrator and stuff and it's it's yeah. it's good so the narrator's yelling at you yeah he's trying to guide you through things but you keep messing it up mm-hmm. um or not i think there's one uh, one of the endings is you just follow through and i think you it's just like a super mundane yeah. whatever um but uh yeah it's it's 
it's really funny. Um, it's a hilarious game. It's one of the funniest video games I've ever played, and uh, this yeah, reminds me of it. This this uh this reminds me of the first one of the first short films I watched like when I was really getting into film, and maybe we can have this one as the uh, next one. Mm-hmm. But it's um it, it it plays along with like that that heavy kicking ending. Like I, I think a lot of the short really really good short films really have that really like thought provoking or funny or just like that really hard cutting ending to it. Like uh, mm-hmm. there's always a maybe a major twist and i i can't remember the uh i can't remember the uh sequel to it but i think the first the the, the first version of the short film this guy made was called spider and it's 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 quite good um but it's it's similar in this vein that it's like uh, i'm trying to see if i can find it so we know what it's called um shoot curious i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to find it um maybe it doesn't have to be because uh, because we just don't have a uh... so do you have a short film for this week did you happen to think of any uh no yeah that's what i'm saying i'm i like i uh i have one but it's uh i can't fi- oh yeah it is all right cool uh it's a uh, it's just the the art design they had for the the cover was misleading um from okay. what i've seen but it's uh yeah it's called spider uh, mm-hmm. there's a link on youtube um it can't it says it came out in 2008 um uh and yeah it's a really good like hooking ending yeah and the sequel is called bear it's a very like it has a really nice By like nash Ed- edgerton mm-hmm. Maybe, because um, there's also Lucas the Spider. No, he's so cute, man. <laughs> yeah. Nash um. Yep, Nash Edgerton. That's and correct. it's got the the thumbnail is like a picture of a woman like screaming with her yep. hand on her chest. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. I I, wa- I watched a short film when I went to, or when I attended uh, the the summer camp, uh, the New York Film Academy um, mm-hmm. summer camp. We watched this one and broke it down. It's really good, um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I thought I thought the gunfighter was pretty funny. I think. Uh, yeah, um, it was definitely um, sort of a solid, um, very stark change from our last two, which are yeah. kind of serious, and then this one's just sort of like a lighthearted, yeah, um, joke, as it were. Uh, so yeah, I appreciated it. Um, I just, cause I have a whole playlist and by the way, I'm making a playlist, oh, yeah. um, on, uh, uh, the rolling sound podcast, uh, YouTube channel for those who want to know. Um, uh, and it's going to be all the short films we are watching every week in order. So if you want to go through and rewatch old short films, or if you want to, you know, if you're like, I wonder what the latest short film I'm supposed to be watching to keep up with the podcast is, um oh it's the last one he added to the playlist um yeah so uh, that's, yeah it's a good idea so yeah so that's that's a thing so youtube channel link in the description obviously um so yeah, yeah. so there you go oh, uh yeah, the gunfighter yeah. i liked it oh um couple of shots that i really appreciated um yeah. uh when everyone shoots each other mm-hmm. spoilers um 
<laughs> uh, when everybody no, kills each other, there's a there's a blood splat on screen. Um, when the bartender gets shot, so like they're shooting like back behind the bartender, and he gets shot. And there's a blood sh- splat, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And then there was another shot, and now I can't remember what it was. Was it a blood splat like an After Effects blood splat, or was it? A oh yeah, 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 yeah. Splat? Oh yeah, no, there was no way that wasn't just After Effects, but it was it was done well and it was such a quick shot that you like don't really notice oh and the other thing in that shootout is if you notice every single one of those people it shoot you have a shot of every single one of those people dying except for the whore Um, yeah yeah she just for the shot that she is in she is just standing there shooting with two guns (laughs) um and that's all she's doing um so that's I just thought that was a nice little tidbit is that she doesn't actually you don't see her pretend to die you don't see any of that everything is super fast cut and then all of a sudden yeah. she's just on the ground you know and then she yeah. sits back up and yada 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 so I don't know I just appreciated yeah. it there was a lot of hidden things in that that part of the part of the movie yeah so. damn I'm trying to figure out where this place is uh but yeah. I, yeah, I, I see that. Uh, is, you're talking about the uh, the blood, blood splatter on the lens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That could be that could be real. I mean, might, might as well just waste a good cine lens for yeah. some blood. Well, if they, okay, so if they wanted to do that for just real, put glass, put they would put a thing of, of plexiglass in front of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but that's the thing is, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that were shot with, like, you know, a sort of mid-range camera i don't think it is i'm sure they shot with like an alexa definitely yeah. looks like it i mean um, like i'm i'm watching on 720 and like the quality is still very nice like, yeah but all the colors like work out uh well when did it come out 2016 2016 well it's yeah. all right let's be clear here it, uh, it was uh released on the magnet film uh short film uh youtube channel on 2016 okay, uh, 2016 right doesn't necessarily mean it could have been it could have been made like six months really six months prior it was just going to film festivals or whatever just because uh nowadays it's you know um uh, you could shoot something like that on like oh, yeah. a, a a little sony dslr you know yeah. it's not you know i don't know what the exact difference would be you know there's definitely dynamic range is the big yeah 36 big megapixel thing. dynamic range <laughs> you're, you're the, yeah yes sony cameras only have 32 megapixels of dynamic range yep because that's yeah. how it works and it yeah. really hurts my soul <laughs> you're gonna make me cry again phil oh that really hurt you oh, know it's, that it's, it's, it's um too... for context people the other a couple weeks ago before we started phil and i were talking about a camera and he accidentally said uh, 32 megapixels of dynamic range that's a 36 megapixels of whatever dynamic range. 30 whatever that's not megapixels and dynamic <laughs> range are not the same thing at all uh, i feel like i should know this because i have a photo major but eh, whatever but um, anyway yeah. so so there you go there's right. this week's podcast super no. awesome i'm happy with it if it is zane goodbye the end so long, farewell, Avita Sanderson. <laughs>